tonight's reading is from Acts chapter 17. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of our own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. We thank you, God, for your word. You may be seated. My name is Jason, the staff pastor here at Grace Downtown, and we're so glad that you're with us tonight. As Zach said when we were getting started, tonight is a little bit different um, in a couple of different ways. Um, this is our mission emphasis week where at Grace Community Church we are focusing on God's plan to reach the nations. So on one hand, it's a little bit different because the uh, me talking part of the sermon will be a little bit shorter. Uh, we're going to teach what we hope the Spirit gets across to each of us in uh, somewhat of a different way tonight. But in some ways, it's not that different because if you've been at Grace Community Church very long, you've heard us talk about uh, the nations and you've heard us talking about God redeeming some from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. You know we're, play we're praying for students from each of the countries that they come from that are going to the University of Iowa. So on, on one hand, it's a little bit different tonight, but on another hand, this should not be a new thing that we're excited about here at Grace. Another reason that it is not that different from what we normally do is that normally we preach through a book of the Bible and we go verse by verse through books of the Bible. And we're as committed to ever as uh, to God's word and to preaching through it. And um, this summer we've had a couple of services, one where we went out and served in our community instead of gathering in here. Tonight the sermon will be shorter and we're going to have a panel of folks. We're going to do an interview. There's some special music, so things are a little bit different. Um, so that it's different than our normal preaching. But on the other hand, it is our commitment to God and his word that is causing us to put an emphasis on these things. Because as you read God's word, you see his heart not only for you and me and the church, but you see his heart for mankind. And you see his call for us to go to all nations and to preach the good news where he has not been preached. And so serving our community and doing mission um, each day of our lives is something that we see in the pages of scripture. So it is our commitment to scripture that has caused us to have these uh, services be a little bit different. Um, next week we will go back to verse by verse uh, preaching through sections of scripture as we prepare our hands and feet for the mission that God has called us to. I want to do a little bit of way of review from last week's sermon uh, where we talked about God's call on our life. And we talked about Abraham's call from Genesis 12 where God calls a man named Abram. <clears throat> he gives him a new name, Abraham, and he calls him and blesses him and says, I am calling you to go and be a blessing to the nations. I'm going to bless you so that you can bless others. It's, it's a covenant that he makes with Abraham and he makes with his people, that he will bless them to be a blessing. And he tells Abraham, your offspring will be greater than the sands of the beach or the stars in the sky. As we follow God's story and we continue on to what Jesus has done for us, and when we see um, the apostles write the New Testament, we see that we have been grafted into Abraham's family 
if we are in Christ. We are, by our nature, born into a family of sin, with Adam as our ancient ancestor. We are born with our default, our flesh, being bent towards the things of man and the things of our kingdom instead of towards the things of God and his kingdom. But through the grace of God, through the good news of the gospel, because we can be in Christ, we now are adopted into a new family where Abraham is now our ancestor, where Jesus is our savior and he's called our older brother. We're invited into his family. We read in Romans chapter 5, for if many died through one man's trespass, meaning Adam, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. We're told in verse 18, out of one act of righteousness, we are led to justification and life for all mankind. Because of what Christ has done for us, we are invited into, adopted into God's family. And when God adopts us into his family, we take on his purposes, his identity, and his mission. If God is our father, then the things that are important to him now become important to us. And the people that are important to him are important to us. And we see from the call of Abraham, but we also see throughout the testimony of scripture that God cares about the world. And he is redeeming some from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. And so if we are going to be about the Father's business, as Jesus was, if we are going to be good news people, if we are going to have grace in the name of our church, then we are going to be about seeing some from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people enter into the kingdom. And we are going to be about his kingdom come and his will be done instead of living for our own kingdoms and our own will. So that's a little summary of what we talked about last week. Last week we talked very specifically about how we can bless those in our community. We can bless our neighbors. We can bless our housemates. We can bless our classmates, our coworkers. We can bless people in our neighborhoods and in our community. We talked very practically about how to do that. Well, tonight we want to talk very practically how we can bless the nations. So you're going to hear some things that we are already doing at Grace Community Church to bless the nations, but also you're going to hear about some application points where you can look to bless the nations as well. Pastor John Piper, when talking about the church's options when it comes to missions, says that the church has three options. The people of God's church can go and be a part of God's mission cross-culturally or cross-boundaries. They can be a part of sending and supporting and praying for others as they go to do God's mission, or they can be disobedient. Piper has a way of not really having a moderate position on much of anything, and I don't always appreciate that. But in this particular area, as we read God's word and we see his heart for the nations, we really see that the call to be a part of mission is not for a few select special ops that go out from the church but it's really what he's calling the whole church to be a part of. Some from our congregation have already gone or are going very soon, but God's call is for all of us to send and support and pray and be about his purposes, not only in our neighborhood, but to the ends of the earth. We just read in tonight's scripture reading from Acts 17, where we read that God set the exact times and places where we should live. 
And the purpose of him doing that is so that we may reach out and find God, the one who gives us life and breath and everything else. If that is true, if we believe that it's true, then there's three implications of that. There's three implications if we believe Acts 17 to be true. The first implication is that God has put people in your life that he wants you to reach out to and share the good news with. If he has set the exact times and places where you should live so that people could reach out and find the one that has given them life and breath and everything else, that means that he has put you right where you are today right where you are tomorrow, right where you are this semester, right where you are in this season of life so that you can share the good news of the kingdom of God and the good news of the gospel with those you come in contact with. He has set the exact time and place where they should live and where you should live, and he's got a plan. He wants you to share the good news. So one implication is God wants you to reach the people right where you are. Another implication of this is, especially in a town where not a lot of people are originally from here, not a lot of people stay here long term, another implication of this is that God wants some of us to stay right here in Iowa City. God is calling some of us to put down roots here and to stay here in Iowa City and continue to welcome those that move to town and send well those who move away. If God has set the exact times and places where we should live, he has put some of us here, not only for such a time as right now, but he has more of a long-term plan for us to be here and to be a part of what he is calling us to do. The third implication, obviously, is that God wants some of us to go somewhere we are not, where we are not currently expecting to go. For some of us, we're in a season where he is equipping us for the next stage of our life. Now, for some of you, you know that date. You know when you are moving away. Some of you know where you are moving to, or at least know you will be moving at a particular date. For some of us, it's more ambiguous. We're not quite sure what the medium-term future or the long-term future is. But some of us, many of us, he has an exact time and place that he wants to send you somewhere else. It may be here in Iowa. It may be in America. It may be overseas. It may be across cultures, across national boundary lines. But he has exact places that he wants to send some of us. This is why we are about sending people out from Iowa City, from Grace Community Church to do what God has called them to do. And we determine where we plant churches or where we send field staff and missionaries based on the people group that they are going to be reaching. In some senses, it doesn't make a lot of strategic sense to to eight years ago plant this church four miles from the sending church in North Liberty, but we identified there was a different people group that wasn't being reached. And in the future, as we identify more people groups that are not being reached or do not have access to a gospel teaching, gospel believing, uh, a church that lives out the Great Commission, we are going to plant churches in those areas too. But it's based on where is God putting people and how is God trying to reach them? We often wonder in our life, what is God's will for me? And I have to believe in a church this young, in a college community, it's one of the top questions 
on our mind? What is God's will for me? What is God asking me to do? It can be a very scary thing to be in the middle of a program that you signed up for or in the middle of racking up debt as you go to school and still have the question in your mind, God, what do you want for me? What is your will for me? That specific will is something that you need to pray about and seek wise counsel and go to the Lord with. But far too often we miss what God has clearly asked us to do in his word. And I can confidently tell you that whatever you have plans to do tomorrow morning and tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow evening is God's will for you. And he is sending you to those appointments at work, at school, in the lab, in our community, in your house, in your neighborhood, because he has people that he is trying to reach. And there are people, just like Acts 17 talks about, that are reaching out and trying to find God, even if they don't know it. And God is sending you to be the one that answers their questions about who gives them life and breath and everything else. You may be familiar with the term unreached people groups. It's people that do not have access for whatever reason to the good news of the gospel. They do not have access to biblical translations in their language of origin. I want to share some stats with you as we talk about doing ministry to the nations. 41% of the population of the earth currently have no access to the gospel. We're not just talking about a few tribes in some far-off land that live on an island and no people have shared the gospel with them yet. 41% of all people groups on planet Earth today do not have access to the gospel in their language or have no contact with believers or gospel-teaching churches. If you look at Russia, Russia has 64% of their population as an unreached people group. You look at France, which seems very Western, very global, very modern, 32% of all French people groups have no access to believers, the gospel, gospel teaching churches. Here's one that blew my mind. There are 97 unreached people groups in America. There are 97 groups of people where English is not their first language and no one is equipped to share the good news of the gospel because they don't know their language, they don't have a Bible translation in their language. 97 people groups. And there's one in Iowa. Just south of Des Moines, there is a group, the Thai Dom from China, who speaks a, a dialect that is very uncommon. And there has currently been no translation of the Bible into their language. We have work to do, whether it's here in our community or whether it's to the ends of the earth. Our lives are so modern and we're full of so much information and so much knowledge that we forget that there are some that not only have not heard, but currently, barring a supernatural act of God or us going and us translating and us learning other languages, they can't hear. This is what God is calling us to be about as believers. But instead, we get sidetracked, living for our own kingdom. And if I'm honest, far too often, going through the motions 
of doing church. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 13 through 17. God has some words for his people. He says to them, bring no more vain offerings. Your incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations, I cannot endure your iniquity and your solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil and learn to do good. Seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. Here's the Jason Blackley translation that I think captures what God is saying to his people. Stop playing church and be the church. Be about the things that I am about. In Greek, the term that's most often translated church in the New Testament, it actually means assembly. And in the Greek culture, it was an assembly of people that gathered together that was sent out to accomplish a particular task. So that Greek word for assembly that we translate church is actually the perfect word for what God has called us to do. God is gathering a group of people to himself and then sending them out to accomplish his purposes. And gathering together here in a church and being equipped, gathering together as biblical community to encourage one another, admonish one another, have friends. Those are great things, but they're all for a purpose. That we would be equipped to go and make disciples of all nations. So at Grace Community Church, this is what we want to be about. There's some ways we do this corporately as a church. There's some individuals that have gone out from us that are field staff and missionaries and doing great things all over the world. But this is something that God is calling us to be a part of. Some of the things that Grace Community Church is participating in, you'll see in this list, there's a number of ways that God is calling us to be on mission. You're going to hear from Alex Ludvichek here in a few minutes. He is with Mission Aviation Fellowship, literally flying supplies to people that otherwise do not have access to them. We have Elizabeth, who used to be on field staff. She has transitioned off of official field staff, but she is still living in Asia, running a business, striving to share the good news with those around her as a businesswoman. We have Marissa, who's not supposed to be here, but she's here, and we're glad. Uh, she is leaving tomorrow. And she is going to do what God has trained her to do and teach other missionaries' kids and help them as they participate in sports. There's a lot of different ways to do missions. We have Kristen Hetherington that came out of crew here at Iowa that is starting a new thing at Mizzou in Columbia, Missouri. And if anyone needs Jesus, it's people that go to Mizzou. <laughs> I'm just saying. This Kansas Jayhawk had to throw that in there. We have Nisha, who you're going to hear about it uh, from in just a moment, who is working 
with international students here at the University of Iowa. We want to encourage you to be a part of giving finances towards God's mission, uh, towards what our church is doing, towards focused giving categories that you can find on our website. Great organizations like Compassion International, World Vision, and International Justice Mission that are doing great things that they can take our dollars and do so much with it. We want to spend the rest of tonight talking about some things that God is doing in our church. And as you listen to these things, listen for God's still small voice prompting you to do whatever he is calling you to do. I want to call Alex up here. Alex and Trisha have been serving uh, for the last couple of years in Papua and um, they're with Mission Aviation Fellowship. Alex and Trisha and their two boys, Jackson and Benaya, are back for six months. So we get lots of time with them, uh, which is awesome. Uh, but for, if you guys don't know Alex, I want you to get acquainted with what they are doing. So as you spend time with them, uh, this will answer some of your context questions. You hold this. I already have one. But trade me because my questions are over here. What is your name? Oh, never mind. Um, Alex, tell us what you do in Papua. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> makes me feel a lot more comfortable up here. He makes it look easy. So uh, my family and I live in Papua, Indonesia. It's uh, the same island of, on the other side of Papua New Guinea. And we serve with Mission Aviation Fellowship, or MAF. And we use airplanes to get to places that you can't get to otherwise. There's no roads. There's no access to interior villages and people. And we serve them with uh, using the tool of aviation to show them Christ's love. Uh, we, we do things like community development. We serve the local church there. We serve the missionaries to do Bible translation. And um, did I say medical evacuations yet? We do medical evacuations. And we just do a lot of stuff. And the airplane's a great tool to do that. And... Uh, yeah, it's basically as far away as you can go. That's the ends of the earth, is Papua, Indonesia. I think there's around 200 languages there uh, spoken by different tribes, and I don't know how many different dialects there are either, and we're, we get the privilege of serving them in really cool ways by using airplanes. How is what you're doing making an impact for the kingdom? Yeah. Um, well, MAF's mission statement just changed, so I haven't really memorized <laughs> it yet. But we, they, we use airplanes as a tool to bring help, hope, and healing through aviation. And I just, I just thought of one example just like two seconds ago. So let's wing it. Um, we, we bring help. We serve missionaries to do Bible translation in a village of Bina. And we, we serve them. I think there's a stat that said if, if airplanes weren't around, it would take missionaries a, at least 10 years longer to translate a Bible into someone's language. So we serve these, these people, uh, this Bina team. There's four different missionaries. They're out. It, there's no way they could walk to a, a city from there. Uh, so we, we, we give them help. We give the people healing. We, we flew out a lady who didn't pass her placenta after giving birth to twins. And that saved her life and the twins' life, to be honest. And um, we, do, we do stuff like that almost every day. And we bring hope because that lady 
her name is Tarisi, uh, just heard the gospel for the very first time in her own language and probably for the first time ever. And that's because of the, the missionaries that we're serving and supporting in Bina. And it's just really, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. There, just a month ago is a brand new church who's going to be worshiping with us in heaven. That's awesome. So it's cool. And I cry because I'm passionate. <laughs> <laughs> and I want you guys to support us uh, by praying for us. So, <laughs> no, seriously, grab a card. If you don't, I'm going to be over there. I'm going to hurt you. Great. Um, Alex and Trisha grew up in this church. Uh, I was their youth pastor many, many moons ago. Uh, so they have been sent out from Grace. And it's just really cool to see these, as Alex said, these are people that are literally unreached. They are hard to get to. And so Alex is flying a plane to reach them. And that's, that's just an awesome, awesome picture of reaching the unreached. How can we be praying for you guys as you're back here over the next six months? Yeah, we, we're really excited to be back home. It's been about two years being over there, and it's just been a really rough uh, term for us. So pray for rest and uh, rejuvenation. Help us to get really excited. I mean, we're really excited to go back, but we're, we're just not ready yet. So we, we're planning on going back in December, and we hope to be very refreshed by then. So pray for that, and uh, when we move back, we're going to, we're going to probably be dealing with inner, um, um, what's the word, Trish? I, I forgot English. <laughs> like conflicts within our, our base, so you can pray for that, especially with our kids. And yeah, they're going to start school, so that's going to be weird and awesome for them. So just pray that our kids know Jesus. And, yeah. yeah, I talked to Alex before he got back, and I said, what's the biggest way that Grace Downtown can support you? And I'm sure they would not turn down any additional financial assistance, but he said, you know, God has been very generous with that. He's like, we just need a church and a community and biblical community. So um, as they're around over the next six months, we can be the church for them just like we are the church for one another. So please keep them in your prayers, spend time with them, hang out with them, do crazy things with Alex. He likes to go on adventures. So let's thank Alex. Thanks. Thank you, sir. We are now going to have a panel of folks come up here, and I'm going to ask them a few questions about how they are engaged at mission here at Grace. So Jeff and Nisha and Kathy, come on up. You all can sit wherever you'd like. I guess you have to go first, though, so here you go. All right, um, so we have Kathy and Nisha and Jeff here, and I'm going to ask them a few questions about how God is using them uh, to be a part of his mission. Uh, so first question, and I'd like each of you to answer this. How are you involved in mission, and how did you get involved? I need my notes. <laughs> Fair enough. Hi, you can see. Um, Back in 2013, um, they were, I was, try, I was thinking about the Great Commission, uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, and uh, I was trying to figure out how to fulfill that, and I've been tinkering with ways to do that, and short-term missions uh, keep coming up, 
Uh, most of the missions back then were construction missions, um, building houses, dormitories, and that, that's good, but that's not my thing. I'll probably step on a nail or shoot my foot with a nail gun. Um, so this medical mission in Haiti uh, trip came up, and I said, well, I'm not a doctor. I can't, I can't do that. Uh, I'll be just periphery. And uh, it turns out a couple of my friends, the other deacons, um, decided they want to go. Jeremy, too, is a dentist. He went. And then um, a pharmacist, Tim Stoltz, who was an elder back then, uh, decided to go. And then Matt Anderson, he was a doctor. He also went, and he, he was a fellow deacon. Um, so they went on the trip, and I didn't think much about it. But when they came back, I was in North Liberty. And the team shared pictures, and they were posting pictures on the overhead head. And one of the slides was Tim Stoltz um, carrying a elderly lady. Um, and he had shingles at that time, by the way, um, from her house to the clinic so she can get medical care. And I saw that, and I thought to myself, and I said to Marilyn, my wife, um, that I could do that. So I was pretty convicted about that. So I talked to Jeremy, um, and then Matt Anderson, we started talking, um, and he was very compliment. <laughs> he knows how to get people to do things. He was very complimentary, and Jeff, you'd be great. Anyway, so um, that's how I got involved. I went down. Um, I filled out the application and went down. He raised money and um, go down there for a week, and we've been doing that once a week every six months when we can because Haiti is a very volatile place and we do medical missions. We have a team of discipleship makers and a team of medical doctors and the disciple makers um, uh, do triage and interview people um, while they're waiting for the doctor to get their medical information, their personal information. But these intake forms are really cool because we get into their spiritual lives. So. I'll be talking about other features of the ministry later, but I better stop. Yeah, Nisha, how did you get involved in, in mission? Yeah, go way back to when I was a little kid. Um, my parents, even though we're, they were not Christians before, but God has gifted them with the gift of hospitalities. So mm -hmm. growing up, they love hosting. I have many people from many nations like coming to my home and seeing how they serve and love them, implement that love of like reaching out to others people. Mm -hmm. And when I went to the U.S., like God brought me here seven years ago in two days. Two days ago, it was like seven anniversary of He bringing me here. I will myself as being sent as an undercover missionary, the term I invented by myself, I hope is legit, but to use the um, academia platform to share the gospel to my fellow students, professors, and using that chance to like just reach out to people from many nations that come here from the ends of the earth. So, mm. and yeah. How about you? Yeah, um, so I, I got involved in missions. So I came to Iowa as an undergrad and the gospel just became really real for me, like probably between my freshman and sophomore year, um, where my head knowledge became more of a heart knowledge. And that honestly was part of the catalyst. Um, and I was involved with Crew and with Bridges International um, and International Student Ministry, a part of Crew. and. Um, around my senior year, I got involved, or I started 
Um, I participated in a class called Perspectives by, on uh, the World Christian Movement, and that just blew my mind that, um, yeah, God had a plan from the very beginning um, for his church to reach every tribe, tongue, and nation, like kind of what um, many people have said tonight. But, yeah, and my heart is really sad when I think about there are men, women, and children that don't have access to the gospel, and that is just really sad. Um, but I digress. There's more to come, but that's how I got involved. <laughs> so Kathy and I have traveled uh, to visit the aforementioned Elizabeth. Um, Kathy, wh- what is the benefit of going and visiting people that are on the field? What are some things we've been able to accomplish as we go and visit them short term? Great question. Um, yeah, a number of things. I think one is to bring about awareness. So um, I'm sure even like for Grace Downtown, we don't know like every single person and their life story. So a part of a team of people from here like going to serve um, Elizabeth and to visit her, like one that brings about awareness. And I feel like that is a wonderful opportunity for to invite others in and not just joining her team like through financial means. So we had like care packages that we helped um, bring about like wonderful Ikea lamps and big plastic bins to like Chick-fil-A sauce, because who doesn't like Chick-fil-A? Um, <laughs> but yeah, more than that, yeah, like awareness, uh, prayer, and um, other parts of the question. Maybe support and soul care. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other things to, to be like the hands and feet that are like an extension in Asia, because um, where Elizabeth is at, there are not a number of churches around the corner that you can kind of just go down and um, fellowship with other people. Like oftentimes it's hard to find someone that might even speak English, let alone be a follower of Jesus. Um, So being able to visit her was um, a great way to provide like community, even though it's only for a little while, but also to encourage her because it's hard to live overseas. Like I've only been over for short term means and that was really hard. And so It's a great way to love on people. Very good summary. Nisha, tell us a little bit more about what God is calling you to do in this season of life, working with international students. Yeah, so after listening his call for about a year, I I was like a Jonah, like running away, but he he had me. So um, I joined staff at InterVarsity, working specifically with international students, professors, and whomever God brought me to, to like the U.S. and in Iowa City and beyond in this community. So yes, now God had brought so many people from every tribe, tongue nations and people, Middle Eastern, um, people from Asia, South Africa, South America and Europe. So we've been ministering to them with hospitality, sharing the gospel as we go on day to day lives and building community bringing them to church and love and serve them as he provided resources. So this is the season of preparing into new semester. So actually today, I think graduate students from many tribe, mm-hmm. nations of people are just arriving. Yeah. And next weekend would be undergrad. So we have many people from many nations walking around Iowa City from yeah. the ends of the earth. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, Jeff, tell us a little bit more about what we do in Haiti and what your experience has been like now that you've gone multiple times. So the uh, so my first trip down there, we gathered together uh, seven pastors in the communities of Williamson and Lulee, which 
about 45 minute drive north of Port-au-Prince and they're very primitive villages. Um, so we, we had a meeting with them and uh, Dave Kirk proposed to them that each one of the pastors will get a team together of their tw 12 young leaders. So that would be 84 men. And they never quite reached that point, but they do have like six or seven apiece of men they've been working through. And we told them in a sort of a Second Timothy 2-2 type of ministry, what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust the faithful men so that they will be able to teach others also. So Dave and I, um, when we go down there, we have a men's conference with all the men and the teams, and we also have a pastoral conference. Um, Dave teaches, uh, and I'm, it's kind of funny, but they really relate to Dave. Dave, Kurt, it's amazing his connection with the Haitian pastors. Uh, I go every six months. He goes once a year, but they love Dave. They, <laughs> it's pretty funny. They like me. Um, so we have these conferences, but also we have... We meet with these guys through Skype, or try to when technically it's feasible, uh, once a month for about an hour and a half. And uh, Dave uh, usually does a devotional. Um, the pastors give a team report of how their teams are doing, and also just a personal type thing. And they also share from their lives. And I usually join in, I take notes, and I share from my life. And uh, it's not a one-way thing. I've learned so much from these pastors, their dedication, and with hardly any resources. Um, so we've been providing them with training materials, uh, some from the seminary down there, and also just emotional and spiritual help. Um, and also I send prayer requests to Paul Hansen, who distributes it um, to support the pastors. But we do a whole lot more, but that's the key ministry that makes us kind of unique. Nisha, tell us a little bit about your community group. Nisha is one of our downtown community group leaders, um, but our community groups here at Grace all look a little bit different. Um, we encourage people to pursue biblical community, but Nisha, tell us a little bit about uh, what God is doing in your group. Yeah, as I go about my life last year during COVID-19, God brought so many people from many tribes, tongue nations who want to seek Jesus. Some of them are like Christians who... Um, just not seeking God anymore back then. Some of them are really devout Muslim and devout also like Buddhist. And some of them are atheists and many American friends in Iowa City. So God brought like people from Asia, missionary kids. We have people from the Philippines and we have someone who's going there right, right from here. And we have people from Malaysia. We have people from the Middle East and in the U.S. So God brought lots of ladies who want to seek Jesus and come together and just being missional together. So I tell many of my Christian friends who are in the group to really like reach out to the one who are not. And we also have one people who is blind, but she mentioned feeling Jesus' love and seeing him like on the way, just hearing the gospel being displayed in Christian's life, in her life. Yeah, so. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing about that. Um, Kathy, tell us a little bit about um, how we can support those who are on the field from back here. What are some things we can do to, to support them? Uh, yeah, um, I think a lot of it will just depend on each missionary because every missionary and their family have various different needs, um, especially if 
they are like have younger kids or they're empty nesters or somewhere in between or single. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of it will just depend on the person. Um, I'll say the biggest thing is communication and listening. Um, so much of how they're doing, like I feel like even especially like throughout COVID, something that I became more aware of is just like the art of listening and how much when we put ourselves in a position of listening, are we able to then determine how can we best serve um, those that are not here with us in, uh, presently, whether they are missionaries or not missionaries. So I'd say that first and foremost is very helpful. Um, another one is to be like an advocate for them. Um, and for advocacy, that can look like a lot of different ways, but especially if you have like a relationship with them, like reaching out to them and knowing like, hey, like I'm praying for you. Is there anything that you would like me to share, whether it's in my community group or my household or beyond? Um, like I know when Elizabeth was first starting, um, she didn't have like a car to go around town and um, it became more and more um, of a need for her. And so she asked the church, like our church, like downtown in North Liberty to see if there are those that are um, have financial means to be able to provide her a car. Um, and that she's still using that car. I've been in that car. It's really tiny, but super helpful. Um, but yeah, just being an advocate and asking and listening, I feel like are huge. Her car is scary small. I cannot fit in her car. It's very <laughs> frightening. Uh, Nisha, tell us how we can serve international students as they come to town, as they come into our church, as they come into our community groups. What are some very practical ways that we can support international students? So I think like if they ever step foot into this church, I would say like be very intentional in welcoming them because they did actually come from the ends of the earth and God has like us have a privilege of like sharing and represent the gospel to them. So just like bombarding them with lots of hugs and love and food and just love them as your, the Holy Spirit lives. Not too much, but not too little. Yeah. And we have like many, many like organizations in town that love and serve international students. One of them is called Friends of International Students. So all of my beautiful American friends here can sign up and be paired with international students. And it's like a year commitment of loving and serving them and just like share lots of good meals. And I, I would say that ministering to international students is like ministering to and also with because it's like two-way blessing. You get to eat lots of good food, very weird and beautiful good food. Thai food is the best, but I'm really biased. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little biased. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So lots of good foods go with missions and loving them, signing up and just like be a hand and feet and loving Jesus. And where Summer has a very beautiful program called International Neighbors that run for a long time. So you can be a part of that as well and go to the farm, go to the lake and be a friend for them. And I'm starting a new chapter for international students as well and focusing on performing as community and also healthcare. So, but not limit to as well. So it's go above and beyond as God planned that. So you can be a part of any of that. Bridges International is a very awesome like ministry intervarsity that I'm a part of. That. It's good as well. So very thankful for that. So Wade uh, Summers, who's on staff at Grace, but also the president of Friends of International Students, um, will be here in two weeks, and he will tell you a little bit more about that, and you can actually sign up that night to adopt an international student. Uh, the University of Iowa sponsors the program, um, but they told Wade that if it wasn't for local churches, they couldn't have the program because um, local churches do like 95% of the adopting of international students. So 
Uh, you'll hear more about that in a couple of weeks. Uh, Jeff, how would you encourage the church to, to be on mission day in and day out from the things you've learned going to Haiti? Um, first off, we're always looking for volunteers, um, medical staff. <laughs> um, if you want to go, um, we strongly encourage it. We're always looking for doctors, nurses, PAs, nurses, and assist, a- anybody. Um, and I've even, uh, my doctor at the time, my, uh, was a, it's a Hindu, and he went with us one trip. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, <laughs> so we just start talking during my exams, and uh, he was start asking more and more questions, and he ended up going. Uh, spiritual maturity, um, I actually had a guy who was the fiance of a nurse who was a Christian who was going, he wanted to go, he wasn't a believer, he was on the fence. And he went with us, and he did a magnificent job. He became a Christian while he was down there. So he was actually sharing Christ with people um, before he was actually a Christian. Um, uh, so that was amazing because he was debating it. He was bringing C.S. Lewis. Um, and then uh, one night I heard that he was uh, arguing for the gospel <laughs> using C.S. Lewis. And uh, I think, yeah, he brought someone to Christ, and he accepted Christ that night. Um, so... We will help you. Um, you have to raise your own money, probably about between $1,500 and $2,000. But don't let money stop you from going. Um, God provides in miraculous ways. This is one of the things about missions is that God just provides. Provide. I could tell you stories. That's another thing. Invite me to your community group if you want or if you want to. Just you're thinking about going, invite me into coffee. I will drink coffee with you or eat lunch with you and tell you more about Haiti, about how what the process is. Uh, another thing is pray for Haiti. The country is um, going through trials right now. Um, the president was killed just about a month ago. Um, gangs are taking over. Um, food is scarce. The inflation. It, just pray for Haiti that the gospel of uh, Peace for Haiti so the gospel can be spread. Um, try to think what else. And then um, when you hear about the trip, uh, there will be people raising money. Just tell them that you will. You tell me that you want to give to someone going down there. Feel free. Um, I have a list of two or three people who come up to me and say, I want to help someone go to Haiti, and then I will pass that information along. Um, there's also... Worldwide Village is the non-government agency we work with. Um, they provide the guest house and the, um, and the clinic um, and help us with the logistics. And they sponsor kids, students in these schools. Um, so for 35 bucks a month, you can sponsor a student who's in a Haitian school to provide them uh, with tuition, a meal a day, uh, help them with their uniform, and support the organization. Um, those are some things. And plus, feel free to talk to me. I will, I've talked to quite a few people about this, um, about different ways to get support. You guys have blown through all of my questions with your awesome answers, but is there any last um, things you would say, uh, action steps that the church can take to live more on mission? If not, that's fine. You guys have given us a lot of good info here. I, one thing, when I was down there, I was trying to share a verse with, um, we were doing a prayer walk in one of the villages, and this poor woman 
she was just recently widowed, and it was like six months before they paid off the farm. So she lost her husband, she lost her farm, she was living in a house, a hut. You have to see the houses to believe it. Dirt floors, very dark. Um, and she had no hope. And I was trying to think of some verses to help her, and I was really stumped. And uh, after I came back, I think it's Mark 10:45. 45, um, uh, I, I always have a block. But I worked on foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. I thought afterwards that I could have shared that verse with her. Um, but I encourage you, the spiritual disciplines are very important when you're in Haiti because mm -hmm. the spiritual warfare seems much more active down there. But I also noticed on the way back, uh, living in the United States, that uh, things like sharing the gospel, fellowship, scripture memory, meditation, staying in the word, staying in fellowship is very important. And especially down in Haiti. If you don't have that support structure, and people praying for you. I'm sure Elizabeth would appreciate it, uh, and others. Um, knowing people are praying for you is very important. That's great. Let's thank these guys for their time and what they're doing. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We have a, a couple of more things before we close here. I know we're going a little later than normal, but we've been ending later than normal, so, you know take a penny, leave a penny, you know, it all comes out in the wash. A um, couple more things we want to do before we end here. I want to tell you a little bit about J-Life. J-Life is a uh, ministry that we partner with, that we have really partnered with the last 20 years in South Africa. Uh, their mission is to train up pastors in every country in Africa, and they uh, are well on their way towards there. It is downright miraculous what God is doing through J-Life in South Africa. So we have sent teams there. Pastor Paul has gone there and taught a number of times. And it's a great organization that is doing some great things in the continent of Africa. They're really trying to raise up pastors to minister to the next generation. And so um, we have the privilege tonight of having Warren and Lynette uh, here from J-Life. They are from South Africa, but they uh, are back here in the States, and they are trying to widen the base and the foundation of support that J-Life has here in America. Um, I'm going to pray for them in just a second. We want to just commission them and pray for them and what God is using them to do here in America. But before we do that, uh, Lynette has some special music that she is going to share with us. Um, this is a song that you wrote, correct, Lynette? And this is... Um, about when God interrupts your life with his purposes and plan. God is here moving us being order in the cave Overwhelming love We confess Jesus, you are Lord We speak to fear and failure The greater ones inside us to see what you 
Spirit interrupt us to move with you, love, to move with you, God. Oh, 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 oh. Our ideas, all our plans, we give them all to you. We'll do what you approve Own our hearts Everywhere we are To bring heaven on earth Your kingdom come Interrupt us to see what you see. Lead, Holy Spirit, interrupt us to move with you, love, to move with you, God.
Thank you, Lynette. That's beautiful. If, Warren, if you would come up here, I'd love to, to pray for you guys and uh, pray God's blessing on you. What a, what a great song and what a great prayer spirit interrupt our lives. Um, far too often, that's what God has to do to get my attention is, is interrupt me. So I'll come down here with you guys and pray for you. Thank you for being here today. If you would join me in prayer. God, thank you so much for Warren and Lynette. Thank you for J-Life. Thank you for what you are doing in the continent of Africa. Thank you, God, that you are at work. Even when we cannot see it, you are at work. God, I pray for the work of their hands, that you would bless the work of their hands, that you would bring about fruit for your kingdom. God, I pray that you would strengthen them in ways that only you know how to do. God, I pray that you would provide for them their daily bread one day at a time. God, I pray that you would interrupt their lives, spirit, with whatever you need to say and do in them. Uh, God, we pray that as a church, you would interrupt our plans and our lives in any way that you see fit so that we would be a part of your purposes. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.